Okay, so <clears throat> the setup is a bit a bit ad hoc, and um, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> that it's not going to hold. Like, yeah, but it seems to be. Oh, it's making all the right colours and flashes. We will see. And now I just have to wait for Lee David Miller to call me. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. I was just explaining to our listeners what I'm um, doing. I think the FaceTime thing might be because I'm, I'm using a dual, a second SIM Ah, so you've switched off the data on your British call, your British number. Yes, but that shouldn't stop you FaceTiming me on the, I guess you'd need to know the, although you could just use my, anyway, we should have anyway, tested. Anyway, yeah. The, I the, th- sorry, go on. I think data, no, I was going to say, I think data only works on one SIM plan at a time, so if you flick from one to the other. Well, I, yes. Oh, so exciting. I don't know about those things. This is, it's a, the whole dual SIM world is um, entirely new to me. So is this an eSIM that you've gone with? Well, I had an eSIM, and so what I've got now is a physical SIM, which is um, speaks a different language. So your British SIM is an eSIM, and your Italian SIM is... A physical sense. Thank you, Jeffrey, for a little. Thank you, Jeffrey. Yes, that's exactly right. And what is um, interesting about that is that it's a little bit harder to install technological things when you don't know the language. <laughs> you do know the language, though. Your language is excellent. It's really specific language. I know, but but not in that uh, I don't I have, I have ah, no okay. experience in um, fixing laundries uh, doing the dishes or uh, installing e- uh, electronic I know not electronic sims physical sims in a phone physical sims mm. so yes and I don't know what it means to ha- exactly anyway it's not that interesting but I'm a little bit but yeah I was a bit shocked when I realized that I hadn't brought my iPad I thought oh no I'm not going to be able to record so but it seems to be working oh that's good we'll keep it nice and short just in case it all goes uh, nipples skyward as they say yes is that who says that I don't know somebody who doesn't want to say tits up which basically oh. describes Britain today Really? Oh, <laughs> I know you don't read the news, but man alive. The whole, I mean, okay, so, uh, listeners. Uh, it's not, this is not sports news, is it? It's bordering on sports news, but I will just say, uh, friends, neighbours, countrymen, lend me your ears. It is likely that this episode will drop on Wednesday the 15th of... No, the week after. No, wait, um, no, wait. I think that this might drop on Wednesday the 15th of March because we are talking about something that is very temporally specific. And it might be that part two 
of last week's conversation jumps over a week. Don't you think that's going to confuse our listeners? I mean, I, I, I love that, though. I kind of love the insult idea. their intelligences. I think they are very bright and they'll be able to basically follow a sense of shuffle, which is what I'm saying <laughs> we would do. It's just, do think, it feels... Do you think the collective IQ of our uh, our listenership is higher than most podcasts? Do you think it's in the upper the upper quartile, the upper fifty percent, fiftieth? No, I don't know how to say that now. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not interested in being involved in competition in that way. I'm sure all podcasts have people <laughs> who are important to them. All I know is that our UFLs and our VFLs are awesome. That's the end. Great. Okay. Good. I reckon but, they're definitely in the top. I reckon they're. I reckon you they're have to. Average. Oh my god! You're such a fucking sportsman. Everything has to be a competition. <laughs> the, our listeners will take home the gold, whereas Joe Rogan's—they're just bronze listeners. Fuck them. I don't reckon they could. They'd make the podium. If any of you, any of our faithful or unfaithful listeners, uh, actually listen to Joe Rogan, we've got a problem, don't we? There's some kind of leakage between those two podcasts. I wouldn't have thought that if you'd uh, drawn some kind of um, diagram. Listen, the Venn diagram of people's ears are impossible to fathom. I think we listen to what we listen to and we should embrace them with a lack of judgment. And I'm saying that because the next (laughs) hour of conversation is going to be me in full on judge. Really? So I don't, I do not know. I do not know what is, um, what has befallen the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. You sent a text to Bob early, and maybe to me as well uh, earlier on in the week, saying, "What's going on with Gary Lineker?" Oh yeah, because I, because yes, I saw as I went. Well, I could tell you about my trip to try and get to this godforsaken country, but um, it all went uh, uh, nipple skyward. And um, oh, okay, no, no, no. Pause. Gary can wait. Tell us about the trip. <laughs> Well, I was, of course, uh, booked to take a train, and um, one train got cancelled, and then so I, in a hurry, uh, rebooked everything in order to go the following day, and then the next day, another train was cancelled, a different one, this time from Paris to Milan, and I was running out of ways to get to Italy for, um, to to get me to the church on time, and Yeah. um, yeah, and so I, I spent... An outrageous quantity of money on a very last-minute flight. I flew from Birmingham to Rome. But the best part of that, and I still feel a little bit like, ugh, but uh, was the best part of that was that I got up on um, very early on Friday morning and uh, walked out into a blizzard. <laughs> it, it was 5.15, and it really was blizzard conditions. And um, it, was, uh, it was touch and go, and we spent four hours on the tarmac. Yeah, snow. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was curious the three-hour moment after you've been on the tarmac for three hours because the it means that they can open the shopping cart and <laughs> and they have to give you some drink or something. Like you have to give you water. Or, yeah, and um, everyone clapped. Like, and I was thinking, wow, that's a low. <laughs> it's a, low a bar, really it? low bar. Yeah, woo! We can buy a Kit Kat. So you got your Kit Kat, but you got so, yeah, to got, Rome, more importantly. I got to Rome and then um, had to prop up a bar uh, while waiting for uh, Lil to finish work. And so I, oh. uh, I was sent to a little craft beer shop, which is just close to where Lil's apartment is. And then um, mm-hmm. I, I was reading and working and drinking beer. And I was 
What's that? What's that saying? Two, two, something to the three breeze. sheets to the wind. Three sheets <laughs> to the wind. <laughs> so I thought it was two, but I might have been three. In fact, it I might was, have been four. I was two dunas to the <laughs> two dunas to the gale. <laughs> all our all our sailing listeners will be just like rolling their eyes in oh, embarrassment. I could get such a common common saying completely <laughs> and utterly wrong. I'm sorry, all three of you. So there you are, three sheets to the wind, one sheet for each of our our sailors. And uh, And then then uh, the beauteous Lil, did she swoop in and uh, and smooch your face off in a bar or take you to... For pizza? Uh, no, we uh, we went to. She, she had a beer. She had a half, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and I didn't because <laughs> three point five sheets to the wind. And, Your fingers uh, had stopped working at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I actually realised I was still answering emails, which is certainly dangerous. Um, oh, dangerous, yeah. dangerous terrain. But I'd had a lovely conversation with the. The owner, bartender, who mm-hmm. had figured out, he'd finally figured out who I was because he figured out who Lil was. And then right. it was quite a, it was quite a, it was quite a hilarious conversation. And, uh, and then we went, uh, went to a trattoria, just a little local thing and had some very, very simple, uh, you know, mm-hmm. homemade food. Yeah, and oh, then a great day in Rome. Like... Yesterday, uh, t- uh, well, yesterday, Saturday. So, and yeah. um, just sunny, and so, I mean, it was about nineteen degrees. So, I, I feel like oh. a, spring has sprung for me. Yeah, I mean, it will help if you move towards the equator. It will feel springier. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds great! And you're there, and but now you you're no longer in Rome because you then moved across the landmass to yeah to well, where. Across the, I took a ferry from Civitavecchia, uh, which is the port of Rome, which is about an hour out oh, of Rome, and then a ferry right. last night to Olbia in Sardinia, and now oh, I'm in yes. Sassari in Sardinia, which is northwest Sassari. Sardinia. And I start work tomorrow. Wow. Oh, gosh, yeah. that's yeah. beautiful. I've I eaten really a lot of chocolate like... today, just bread, breakfast, you? lunch. Yeah, a lot of chocolate featured oh. in various meals. I mean, was it just like raw chocolate, or as in... You no, no, chocolate and baked. pastries... Ah, right. That's then that doesn't count. Everybody no. knows if you if you encase chocolate in fat and flour, it's basically a Bread. fruit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's I like that you one of were in. <laughs> sure. I'm glad that you were sending emails while you were slightly half cut on Friday. Mm-hmm. Because I did the same thing. Really? We. I wrote. I think hmm. an email whilst I was two martinis in. <laughs> <laughs> you had I more think... than one martini. I did. I think. You, hang on, that's homemade that. martinis. Yes. We, we're actually talking. We're ending up a podcast that started off about midlifeing, became about everything, and then is turning into basically things we drink. Yeah, but I mean, it's also things that we did while we were drinking. I received an email from somebody that I read when I was at the end of my first martini, and it frustrated <laughs> me. <laughs> So I made a second martini, and while I was drinking the second martini, I wrote a response, and I was about to send it, and then I thought, I'll just reread that first email, and I'm so glad I did. 
Really? You... Oh, my martini goggles had completely Oh, yeah, you were in, you were in lizard martini brain. Uh, I was. Trip. I was like, listen, you are a big poop head, and this is the reason why your head is made of poop. I send you, I send you my hatred in this email for poopy head. And then I realised... They hadn't said what I thought they'd said, and their question was entirely legitimate and appropriate, and I responded accordingly. I like that your uh, your powers of comprehension seem to get worse after one, and then better after two. It's like you'd come full circle. The wheel yeah, hath turned yeah, yeah. for you, right? <laughs> I drank myself sober. <laughs> totally not true. That's totally not true. I actually just read the email as opposed to reading the first line and the last line. Because, you know, I figured yeah. there'd be nothing in the middle that was important. Mm-hmm. That's how people read emails. I like the idea with emails, though, that... Uh, I mean, generally with things online is that we send emails as if people are going to read them in a way that we don't read their emails. Oh, I sweat over my emails and I worry so much about tone and then i read them as if they were written with a thumb while somebody is cycling downhill at speed and trying to avoid rabbits sent from my iphone with one thumb while cycling down a hill apologies for any grammatical mistakes (laughs) speaking of wildlife gary lineker no before gary lineker Although after Ari Ginnickler, Jeffrey was a hero yesterday morning. Oh, that's Or news. not a hero, depending, uh, depending who you are. Jeffrey and I were walking down the high street, which has been closed since late January because of gas works. So it's a very quiet entire high, high street. The entire high mm-hmm. street. Yeah, no, yeah But yeah, not, to foot, not to foot traffic, obviously. Not to foot traffic, no, no. So me and Jeff wandering down the hill on one of his many sniffaries. And he sees in the distance a cat. And he turned to me and he went, Lee, there's a cat over there. And I went, yes, Jeffrey, we've had a conversation about cats. Cats are our friends, remember? And he said, yes, 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 I know cats are our friends. But I think that cat is a naughty cat. It seems to be trying to kill a pigeon. Did he and say I the said, pigeon? He ran towards the cat and said, listen, cat, get away from that pigeon. That pigeon has done nothing to you. And the cat ran away underneath the wheels of a car. Stationary, don't worry. The cat was fine. Fear not. This is not a sad story. Um, And there was a very unhappy um, pigeon that had been effectively scalped. So from from the crown of its head down its back it just it had had its the skin peeled off and it was looking very sad for itself Ooh. so jeff jeffrey suggested to me uh that we should take it home because i tried to walk away and i went okay we've rescued the bird now let's carry on on our walk and he went no 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 there is a bird in distress lee we can't just leave it and so he sat down by the bird he did until, not aha uh-huh, until i did something useful and so I had to go back towards the the bird, um, and then I took off my woolly hat. I scooped the bird up. There was a little bit of uh, chasing uh, in the interim, and I put I deposited the uh, the pigeon inside my woolly hat, um, which seemed to calm it significantly. It didn't calm me mm. because now there is a <laughs> there is a bird pooping and bleeding into my hat. <laughs> and this is lamb's wool, so this is a nice hat. Yeah. Wow. Um, Wow, talk about taking one for taking one for the um, the natural world. 
Yeah. Well, Jeff was not for moving. And as soon as the uh, the pigeon went into the hat, Jeff was like, excellent, wonderful, good news, off we go. So we carried on his walk, um, and I got home, and I thought, I, I don't know what to do with this very, very distressed bird. I thought, I can't just leave it in the garden. That feels cruel, because it might just die. Well, it'll, so... get, picked up, it'll get picked off by cats as well. Not in our garden, because our garden is, like, cat-proof. Mostly right. because there's a dog who lives in it and doesn't really encourage cats to be in there. So I put the the pigeon in the ensuite of the bedroom that you used to stop in. <laughs> right. I made a little nest for it out of a towel. I put some seeds down. I put a bowl of water. And for 24 hours, we had nursed- animal hospital. <laughs> <laughs> where chicken the pigeon because the cat's uh, the um, the pigeon's name is is chicken we have decided chicken the pigeon lives it lived for a day inside of our shower uh in the spare room um yeah, and yeah, then yeah. this morning with the advice of bob's sister who also rehomes and re uh, rehabilitates pigeons she said it's fine to let it out now and see what happens so out it went and it is currently sitting on a drain pipe in the garden going I think I preferred it inside. It wasn't raining there. So it's still sitting there. It hasn't flown yeah. off. No, 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 no. It's because it's got seeds and it's it's quite a juvenile bird. So <sighs> we have potentially got a pet pigeon. Did I ever tell you this is we're in danger here of turning this into a two parter and then because um, uh, we're not getting to the focus of the. Do you... <clears throat> did I tell you? Did I tell? Maybe I have told you the story, and maybe even told it on the podcast about um, the cat at my uncle's and my father and the situation with the cat that had been run over by a car? No, I do not believe this is a story we have heard. Uh, yeah, so the my the, the way I remember it, I was very young. It might have even been pre-me. And um, they, they had a cat, my uh, aunt and uncle, and the cat got uh, knocked over by a you know, by hit by a car and wasn't too good. Was pretty was uh-huh. in a pretty, as they'd say in New Zealand, ropey condition. Or maybe yeah. they say that here. Maybe they say that here. Uh, yeah. Okay. And um my father was staying or he came to visit and was asking and his brother, his name's Rod, was saying, What you know, Ian, what are we gonna what what's the best thing to do? And Dad looked at the cat and said, Oh like, I think we should just basically put it out of its misery. And so they took the cat out the back, right up to the back, and Dad had a shovel and he no. was basically yeah, he was about, he was gonna just knock it over the head, and so he's got the shovel. The way Rod used to tell the story is that Dad's got the shovel in the air, about to swing it down. And Rod, who's a physician, like you know, he's he's seen as uh, he's 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 seen various states of humankind, you might say, and he um he said no 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 no, and so he stopped Dad hitting this cat, whose name I can't remember, uh, putting it out of its misery, and the cat survived but had serious, serious brain injuries and was always just a little bit not quite right. And so there's, there's a great, I have a fantastic picture of this cat with a bird sitting on its back. They had a pet budgie or whatever. And so it just never quite knew what to do with this bird, but it certainly didn't know oh. to attack it. So it sort of lost something, and was, but it lived for years and years and years. So my father, the vet, was, um, was uh, proved wrong or something like that. I love that there was a cat that lived happily with a bird, Jeffrey the Dalmatian. No, he he, he likes birds. Yeah, he's a, he's a bird fancier. Who knew? What a what a fine what a fine dog. What a fine fine dog. But his name, Jeffrey's name, is not Gary Lineker. <laughs>
Gary Lineker hasn't been fired, has he? No, he hasn't been fired, but you probably don't know that Match of the Day, which usually runs for an hour, ran do, for 20 minutes. I do know min- that. It ran for 20 minutes yesterday. Okay, you need, you need to st- we need to stop, though, because there are going to be people in, who are listening to this who have no idea who Gary Lineker is. Okay, so going back that's, in time, Gary, Gary Lineker yeah. in the 1980s was a footballer. I think he did. He, is he from Leicester originally? I think I so. He's think from he the certainly Midlands played somewhere. for Leicester. Yeah. There we go. Let's say he's that. Um, and he famously scored three goals against Poland in a World Cup in the 1980s. Um, I know him mostly as a man who advertised Walker's crisps on television. Salt and Lineker like, flavour. Which... Oh, was <laughs> there really? Right. Did they, was I that... love that. I just love the, go, the game of the Salt and Lineker flavour. Walker's um, crisps are like the, uh, they're like the, the shittiest, cheapest. Uh, every, no, every, 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 Everybody's you. crisps. How dare you? Seabrook are worse than than walkers walkers are good they're like lays um to exactly our international like lays. in fact in, in fact the the kind of coloring is exactly the same yeah i right. think it's the same company um anyway uh, what some of our international listeners might think of as chips um we would call crisps here in the uk he was a, he advertised crisps on the back of his waning football career and then he became a pundit, a pundit. for a pundit <laughs> No, a pundit. A, a pundit. A pundit. A, a bandit. He became a pundit a for panda. the BBC. He became a panda for the BBC's um, football reporting and has anchored a television show, a very long-standing television show called Match of the Day here Which, in the UK. And, and you're going to insert the music right here. Probably. So, anyway, so he um, he is considered to be now an elder statesman of sports reportage. He totally um, is, isn't he? It's hilarious I how he's like. I think he might be one of the highest paid celebrities on the BBC's books. He is the highest paid. Mm. But he doesn't technically work for the BBC in the sense that he is... He's contracted to them. No, he's a... Yeah, he's basically a freelancer, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. He's a freelancer. That's right. Um, The rules of impartiality in in, in relationship to the BBC, as I understand them, is that if you work for a news or current affairs programme, you are not expected to articulate your personal opinion through social media yes. editorializing yeah because you are required to be impartial however 
There are many BBC personalities, which is to say people who work for the BBC in a similar capacity to Gary Lineker, who regularly have articulated their political position. There has been a long history of people who tend to be fairly right-leaning in their perspectives, who have effectively articulated their perspective and their position whilst working for the BBC, um, who have not been censured. What becomes interesting is that Gary Lineker has come out on the side of, well, one can only really say humanity, but apparently that's not something to be, we does, should do. You know, he, he was, he was anti-Brexit and, um, yeah. and he, he does tend towards the left, doesn't he? He does tend towards the left, yeah. And he effectively, you know, he, he made this um, assertion based upon the uh, recent... Um, immigration bill that is going through the UK Parliament at the moment, which is probably 50-50 chance that it breaks international human rights laws. Take a moment What to does that mean, 50-50 chance? What does that mean in that context? It means that it looks very likely that it will break international law, but it would actually need to go it in front of... Passes, uh, it depends on what passes. depends on what passes, what aspects of it pass. Aha. I think what worries me is, and, and I don't think I'm alone in this at all, the sense that the the noise is taking us away from the conversation about the immigration bill and that we're now worried about the BBC where we really should be worried about the fact that there's this, um, this raft. Oh God, that was, seems like a, a massively inappropriate choice of words. Metaphor. given that I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. Um, but this raft of measures that are designed to dehumanize a group of people who are in the most, um, extreme cases of anxiety and stress that have you know been forced to 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 flee their homeland and it's this sense of yes but why would they need to leave france if yeah 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 if if they're safe there why would they need to come here and and i i saw a wonderful woman explaining it to a, a um an mp saying well i think it's probably to do with the fact that 84% of um of refugees won't ever get further than the country next door to the one that they've left. So let's see it as a relatively small number of people who are going beyond that. And most people do settle in the first safe country that they can find. And then if they're trying to get across the channel, it's probably because of some kind of familial tie. Yeah, almost. She said, yeah. she said something beautiful. Or because they are English speakers as a result of colonial narratives and i just thought oh of course oh, anyway i mean i i don't mean i you and i are just incre i mean we are poorly equipped for most of these conversations but we are oh I mean, so I, ignorant I, no and i i just the but the thing it, it's in a way it's an appalling thing not to have a deeper understanding of um questions to do with immigration not least because i mean you know we thinking this for years really and reading about it for years which is it is that it is and will be the issue of our time like you cannot because because i mean not least because of climate change that the, the basically the middle of the planet's getting hotter so people are running north and south of the equator like you're getting people are being pushed further and further north so you it's just this mass mass movement of human beings unlike it's there's ever been 
such a mass movement of human beings. So unless we're really trying to find ways to talk about it and think through the implications, and as you say, the implications of a colonial, a powerfully colonial history, France included, Portugal included, Spain included, um, that uh, that it's really just, it's just, we just end up at this kind of... This kind of thing, which is really clever on the part of the Tories, which is to, it's basically a distraction. They're using the BBC as the situation there as a distraction from the real thing, which is about the creation of policy. Yeah. And that, that just ups, it really, really gets my goat. Really gets my goat. This whole thing unveils my ignorance in a way as, that is, as you say, frightening because. It's easier for me to get lost in the minutiae of a conversation about the importance of an institution like the BBC and what are these conversations going to do in relationship to... Turn our heads uh, to that, to, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I can feel my gaze being pulled away from the thing that I should be thinking about, which is this attack on small boats. Yeah. And, I, and it's the language of the attack on small boats. And Bob and I were talking about it yesterday. It's like, are they planning on sinking them? No, it's just it's of the course uh, they're not but but the the rhetoric is like oh my god it sounds like battleships it's awful yeah 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 no that I, I again i still you know it's not like a it, it's it's oh, i don't know how to say this really which is to say how is it that you you develop some kind of policy as a country which somehow puts set some limits to immigration because the implication, if you don't, is that anyone can come any time and stay, which of course is is untenable. Right? It's not a, that's not a policy. And so, the, the, but then you get the other, which swings all the way. To, although I'd tend towards that anyway, um, you know, politically or personally or maybe humanly. But um, there is a there is a there is a tricky, messy uh, line there in the middle of it all, which is. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I, I am. Oh, there's a Jeff. I am yeah. entirely unprepared and under-resourced to enter into this conversation. So, I would like to say genuinely, if we have any midlifing listeners who can shed light onto the complexity, and maybe you work in international policy or international law. Because, you know, yeah. I have or no idea or, yeah. or immigration. Yeah, I have no idea who listens to us. But seriously, info at midlifing.net. Give us a shout because I would love to have somebody talk to me about this. 